Hello and welcome to Tuolumne Talks Business, a show in response to the lessons learned during the coronavirus pandemic to inspire us to continue adapting and innovating so as to retain and attract businesses that will strengthen our local economy and assist our community in becoming more resilient. I'm your host, Cole Prisabella, Director of Innovation and Business Assistance here in the County of Tuolumne. And today I'm joined by Tyson Eckerly, Executive Director of the Zero Emissions Vehicle Unit at the Governor's Office of Business and Economic Development. Tyson, thank you for uh, joining me today. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. So let's just jump right in. Tell me about the executive order that uh, Governor Newsom just relaunched about, released about um, electronic zero emissions vehicles. Yeah, so Governor Newsom put out an executive order that's really, you know, setting the target for um, our future of our market, which is, you know, 100% of the new vehicle sales uh, light duty in California would be zero emission vehicles starting in 2035. And then by 2045, all of the commercial fleet in the state would be zero emission. And so we have some um, guideposts along the way. So like by 2035, drayage trucks, which are the trucks that operate around ports would be 100% zero emission. Um, and then the order itself puts down some specific uh, operations to get there. And I mean, when I first read it, the first thing I thought of as a guy who drives a four-door Dodge Ram, drives along gas, is what does that mean for me of individuals that drive a, a gas truck, just for example? Well, first of all, I'd say we hope by 2035, you'll be in an, in an electric car of some sort. So either battery electric or fuel cell electric. And so this is really about bringing choice to that market. So that when you are going for that next vehicle, either new or used, that you would pick one that you know either plugs in or fuels up with hydrogen. But if you do, if you find yourself in 2035 or 2036, we're not taking those cars away. There'll still be a robust used vehicle market. It's just, we're trying to create more choice on the zero emission side. I guess then one of the questions that I had is kind of doing some of the research into zero emission vehicles in California and some of the statistics uh, released by the governor there, we had a goal of 2030 of a certain amount of zero emission vehicles that we would want to sell. And it looked like it said there was about 8.9% reaching that 2030 goal. So I wonder how, how are we as a, a state or f- through these kind of programs, how are we going to meet this 2035 goal? So it, it's uh, it's not going to be easy. So we're not we're not kidding ourselves with that. It's like really to get where we need to go. It's a team sport, and it, it takes investment from all from the public sector, from the private sector, and it takes consumer awareness and acceptance. And so there's all those different pegs. So what we do at GoBiz is we're um, we've been tasked with developing a strategic uh, framework. So we're calling it our zero emission vehicle market development strategy that talks about how all these parties come together to make that happen, right? So um, it, like I said, there, there will be investment um, on the private sector, on the public sector, but really the, um, what, we're, what we need to have happen is an acceleration. And you see when, like, if you look at other examples, like a cell phone, for example, you know, when they first came out, very few people had them. And then they, then all of a sudden you start to get exponential growth. And that's really what we're trying to facilitate. Right. And, and will there be uh, state funds or is incentives or grants that will assist in adoption and expansion of any of this infrastructure or the purchasing of vehicles? For sure. So we have multiple state programs that are happening and, and, as well as local programs. So on the infrastructure side, uh, we have utilities making investments. We have the California Energy Commission making investments both in plug and charging and hydrogen fueling stations. On the vehicle side, we have rebates. Uh, we're trying to get those closer to the consumer and closer to the point of purchase. We're uh, looking really heavily at the used vehicle market to help 
make sure that people who are in the used market are able to consider a, a used zero emission vehicle. Um, there's on the heavy duty side, there's rebates and vouchers. Um, so really it's, it's once the, or the objective is to get to scale so that the cost comes down. And there's a lot of excitement there. Even just this week, Tesla talked about uh, being able to produce a $25,000 car. Now that's still a new car, but you know, translate that for 10 years in, into the future and that's affordable used cars. You kind of, you talked you talk about just a second ago that the state's gonna have their own strategic plan. But I know that in Tuolumne County, we created a, a zero emission vehicle plan. So how do, how do we as a county effectively capitalize on that plan? Or is it, should we be encouraging and sharing that with GoBiz or is that someone else at the state? Or is that something that we should be bringing to kind of find funding? There's a lot of questions swirling with me about having already a zero emission vehicle plan. So what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, so in terms of Tuolumne County, it's been interesting to see like actually Tuolumne County was a leader at the start. In fact, we have them in our, our guidebook um, as an example of what you can do to help accelerate permitting. So that Tuolumne County didn't, didn't really take any money. They used a widely available software to put all the permitting online before other people, before COVID, before people are doing that. And so that that's, you know, one great step is just streamlining um, the permitting and the interconnection process so that, you know, companies can come. Uh, the other one is this, that, you know, that you have a readiness plan is incredibly helpful. One of our programs at the California Energy Commission is called the Cal EVIP. It's the California Electric Vehicle Infrastructure Project. And so what that does is goes county by county uh, to go deep and, and invest and put chargers into the um, area. And so Tuolumne County, you know, with the, all the readiness that's happened could be, you know, certainly work with the Energy Commission, get some funding going forward. So that sounds like someone we should probably preemptively go reach out to, remind them of our plan. Okay, I think that's something that we can definitely do. But because that was the other thing I was, I'm when I read this in this executive order, I just think of Tuolumne County and our less than 10 charging stations. And just think about the infrastructure that is going to need to be addressed. And, and I think you kind of, you've been kind of talking about it a little bit, but do you have any I've advice or ideas that essentially is what the state is saying on how infrastructure is going to be addressed, especially in rural regions. You know, it's rural regions is a, is a really interesting thing. So like it depends on if people have um, access to, you know, charging at home is a, is a good place to start. You know, Tuolumne County, probably one or two hydrogen stations can give you the coverage that you would need um, uh, on the fast chargers. You know, it's, it's really you know where the investments are being made is where people go and i know having grown up right next to tuolumne county i know there's a lot of you know interest in going to tuolumne county as a visitor um so i think that's that's a you know something to be really um mindful of to start getting that market pull are, are we I, I mean i can view myself trying to get to work right or in the morning i'm done i'm headed down to the to work i got five minutes to get to my office how am i going to be able to if i don't have that home system to charge a car, how will I, is the, is the technology going to accelerate to the, the amount that we can go faster than 20 to 30 minutes by 2035, I guess is my, the simplest way of asking that question. That's a good question. I think that's where, you know, ideally uh, home charging or workplace charging works best in those scenarios. So if you're parked at work and there's a charger there, that's where you would get your electrons. On the hydrogen side, it's, you know, five minute fueling. It's just like gasoline. So that, you know, if there's a station there, that works as well. I think where it gets exciting, and this is where we have to do a lot of work, especially in the rural communities, is, you know, getting the investment to come to those communities. Because if there's not as much throughput, of course, the economics are a little bit more challenged. But there's 
the interesting part with it that relates to the executive order is it's it's really kind of crystallizing where we're going as a market and as a um, as a state and you're seeing a lot of innovation already um, in advance of that and one of the things that has been interesting there's a company we're talking to that specializes in taking uh, single phase power and turning it into fast charging right whereas in the currently you know usually you need three phase power and it's not wi as widely available as we'd like throughout the state so if you're looking at a rural place if it has a normal uh, power line coming through uh, we'd be able to they to, they can step it down and then turn that into a fast charge so that it's creating some opportunities that would otherwise you know before that innovation would have had a lot of more upstream investment in the grid you might be able to minimize that and create more opportunity is that something that maybe local electricians can be learning so they yeah. could be capitalizing in the market essentially is having that ability to change single phase to other types of fast charging abilities at a, a home yeah, that's right. And I think, you know, so we're working on training programs for electricians. We're working on workforce transition. There's a big focus on what we're calling a just transition for people who are working in other, like in fossil industry and trying to get into the, um, you know, the new economy. Let's go back a little bit to the conversation about there's also eventually going to be changes to the fleet model. And when I think of kind of fleets in Tuolumne County and the Sierra Nevada region, it's logging trucks. So where's the, where's the advice or where's the future for them when they're running off of diesel trucks and they've had those diesel trucks for 40, 50 years? So we are working aggressively. The Air Resources Board has passed a regulation called the Advanced Clean Trucks Regulation, which essentially mandates that uh, increasing amounts of zero emission trucks on the road, right? And so that the way we see that working out is you know, starting in 2024, a lot of the uh, trucks will have to be zero emission coming in. We see that starting with the large fleets that have, um, you know, the the pocketbook and the wherewithal to make this happen because they have to. We have to think of both both infrastructure and the vehicles. Um, so, if you're a logging company, it, it really depends on the size of the fleet. But it's you know, if you can be an early adopter, there are programs uh, that will have that we have at the state to help bring down the cost. Um, if you're a little bit later in the thing, we hope the cost will come down by market forces to help that um, in that way. But I think if anything, it's just good to be starting to plan in advance, like even 10 years out to start to look, okay, what kind of technology is coming? What, what would be best for my operation? Do I plan to be in this space for the long haul? Like, should I put charging infrastructure in or is it better to wait and see if we can get some hydrogen in there that we can leverage no matter where we go? Is GoBiz and the zero emission vehicle, that's, that's my department as an economic development director who I should be kind of the most in touch with on the, when it comes to this new change in executive order? Yeah, I think that we're a great place to start. So our role is really to quarterback all this stuff. So we have a, t a bunch of resources at the state, you know, community college you mentioned, so we, you know, there's, there's engagement there that, that we can do. We get the work for all of our labor agencies have a lot of work to do there. We have the Energy Commission, the Air Resources Board. I mean, it's all, so what GoBiz serves as is kind of that uh, demystifying all the bureauc bureaucracy of the state government. And okay, this is who you need to talk to and when. And um, if we do our job right with the strategic, uh, with the Zeb market development strategy, you can also look at that document and go, okay, this is where I need to, you know, plug in my effort. Right. And, and where else should I be thinking or looking to really kind of capitalize on this executive order for my region, but also my county? Where, where, are the, where are the capitalization points on all this? I guess you, if, you, if you take a step back, it's well, state government for sure. You know, we kind of talked about that already. It's private industry. It's, um, you know, the, the charging companies, the 
electric vehicle companies, the traditional automakers who are shifting over to electric vehicles. It's a, you know, community college, it's the air districts, um, you know, hopefully someday it'll be the federal government as well um, as we help make that transition. What is the advice that I should be giving business owners that are, I think, going to have to either A, deal with the transition or B, want to really go after this transition? What's, what's the advice from GoBiz for businesses? Yeah, so for, for businesses, I think it's we want you to be part of the change. It really depends on what type of business you are. If you're there to attract customers and people, you know, putting charging in or encouraging those chargers to be put close to your facility you have, um, or hydrogen stations being supportive and open-minded to having everything come into the to the community. I think um, in terms of you know actual economic development, you know, if you're an electrician or in the you know. The, the, the trades, there's, you know, jobs that will come out of that as well. Um, and I think they, you know, the other part is just keeping an eye on the incentives. We're trying to get better and better as a state to make it more simple to engage and figure out where you can pull money from other pockets so you can, you know, help lead the transition. You know, like, so it's really, and the other part is if, if you're, if you're a business and you're feeling frustrated by it, like talk to us, right? I think we're, we're not coming here saying we have all the answers, you know, by, by any stretch, this is very much a team sport, like I said, at the start, and we have to work together to make this happen. It's, it's really kind of the why is it's for business, but it's really for our kids and for everybody, you know, it's just, it's taking care of the climate and our air quality altogether. So when I, when the final thing kind of I think about all of this is I, I'm thinking about the current state of affairs. I'm thinking of the coronavirus. I'm thinking about all of the wildfires that we've had. I, I'm also thinking about PSPS events where power is going out. So, I mean, I, I want to go down this path of this, is this a priority? But I just also see the, the feasibility of this on a, a rural region just seems very hard for me. So make sure that there's some way that someone or something or somehow the rural region absolutely has a voice in this because it's going to be a little bit of a, um, it's going to be trickier up here in the mountains. And so I'm hoping that that's something that's heard and understood and really does um, you take into consideration for going forward. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's absolutely heard and understood. I think that governor put it out really well. Like we know what we need to do. We know why we need to do it. And really the focus now is on the how and the how is it, it takes engagement from communities, right? It's not one size fits all. And so, and we're very aware and cognizant of that. And our, my pledge to you as a community is please work with us you know, and like we, we want to, we're open ears. We, you know, we, we're not coming in with all the answers. We want to learn how to engage with the community and make it successful there. And then, and, and then that scales up to other rural regions as well. So I think um, that's, that's the offer, right? So we, we, we just, we know we need to do this and we know we need to do it in a way that's not going to hurt business and it's going to create more opportunity. And we know it will on the balance, but you know, we're trying to make it so that each individual feels that benefit as well as much as possible. Well, unfortunately for you, uh, I now know how to find you and you will be hearing a lot from me. Um, and so hopefully I can make sure I get um, my voice and push enough stuff in front of you that you keep thinking about Tuolumne County in our Central Sierra region. So um, again, thank you, Tyson. Uh, great conversation. I'm interested. I look forward to seeing what's coming out of all of this. Um, so thank you again for joining us on Tuolumne Talks Business. Yeah, thanks for having us. We yep. really, really appreciate it. Thank you. And I also wanted to thank all of you who joined to listen today. My hope is by talking business and working together today, 
We can strengthen our local economy, become more resilient, and encourage growth in ourselves, our community, and businesses. Thank you, and I look forward to you all joining us next week.